This is Cortland Sutton, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined today by Byron Lambert. And Byron, we got the we, we have the PPR version of the cheat sheet up, brother. What the hell's going on? Oh man, just getting fired up here for uh hopefully a return to normalcy with training camps this year, man. I've been thinking about it a lot and uh, pretty soon, hopefully, you start getting an idea of what that's going to look like. I think it's probably going to be an East Coast trip this year, just logistically, but uh, going to find out what's possible soon. Going to be hanging out with all of your all of your coastal elites out there on the East Coast. It's hard. It's hard not to to go coastal when you have the opportunity, man. <laughs> all right, so let's talk here about the the cheat sheet. I want to do a couple of simulations here using version one point three just to kind of show you how things are going. But before we do. There's just a couple of issues in particular that I wanted to talk to you about and see if we can get ironed out. So let's just get into them. A quick reminder to the listeners, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like it and, um, uh, you know, whatever. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. It could help us greatly if you do so. Leave a comment, et cetera. And then if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could leave us a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. It would be very helpful. And it'll help us get more content out like this. All right, so let's just start out at the running back position. We have – here's the question that I have for you, Byron. With the reporting now that's coming out about Saquon Barkley from Jordan Renan, he's talking about it wouldn't be realistic for the team to kind of put everything on his plate the same way that they would have maybe to start the 2020 season and 2021 as he returns from injury and uh, what they plan on doing with him long term. It could take a while for him to get up to speed as far as the volume that we expect, as far as just the, the monster volume. Does this do anything for you? It makes me wonder if maybe Ezekiel Elliott should be ahead of Saquon Barkley on the cheat sheet. I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that. If, they, if you think that's crazy, um, this is PPR. So we do know the upside that Saquon Barkley does bring in that area. But we also have a bunch of new receiving weapons that – um, are going to be in tow there for the New York Giants, namely Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Rudolph, et cetera, et cetera, to you know, maybe snipe off some of those targets that could have previously gone to the running back. What do you think about Zeke, who certainly is going after Barkley as far as ADP, being ahead of Barkley on the cheat sheet? Um, or is it better just to let ADP settle that thing and you know get some exposure to Saquon and, and you know some exposure to Zeke, but maybe not quite as much? Well, the first thing that stands out to me is I'm a little bit surprised that Zeke is going this high at this point, given what we saw unfold last year. I'm, you know, I'm sure people think there's going to be some kind of bounce back from that for presumably for a lot of good reasons. But I was expecting to see maybe um, last year's travails baked into his early ADP a little bit more. I mean, I see guys like Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones right behind him who 
at first glance, I might actually prefer more this uh, this year, obviously pinning the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. But uh, you're asking about Barkley and Zeke. I think that's enough to move Barkley down a few spots. I mean, I look at this list and I mean, I like everybody on the on the top of the list here at the running back position until you get down to that Joe Mixon territory. I could be tempted to take any of those guys over a Barkley if I think he's a little bit injured or not going to come out of the gate hot, which we value very, very much at roster watch a fast start. Do you, do you worry at all about So you don't, you're not worried at all about Jonathan Taylor. The fact, I mean, I know we think Marlon Mack sucks, but he is coming back. They have acted like they're going to play him. Naheem Hines, et cetera, et cetera. Jonathan Taylor was a brutal own last year. As far as fantasy uh, is concerned, if you you know had to be with him through the whole season, you're not at all worried about Jonathan Taylor. You think he just comes in and just, it's just back to gangbusters. I mean, this is what they drafted him for. Year two, running back, breakout, hot the second part of the season. A guy with mileage on the tires coming out of Wisconsin, you're not necessarily trying to save him. I mean, he looked like the best skill player on the offense down the stretch last year, and I would expect him to improve over the course of this offseason. So, I mean, it's not that he doesn't come out with it, with any risk, but most backfields are some sort of committee at this point. I mean, even Zeke, you can argue about how much Pollard may or may not get involved this year. So, I think when you're talking about Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines, it's nothing to get too, too concerned about. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's still a player that I think we should be very, very fond of heading into this season. One of the one of the last questions I'm going to ask you before we start doing these simulations, Byron, just so you can start thinking about it now, is which players sort of – which players down the sheet, whenever you sort of look at the sheet, where we basically have guys right now like um, – Elijah Moore and Marvin Jones and Miko Hardman, these type of players, if you can look at where they, they're, they're current slotting on the, on the sheet of, on version 1.2, right around there, what, what players do you think from below them need to be moved up to where they're getting consideration there with that 14th round pick and, and 12 team leagues? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that at some point. But before, I wanted to ask you about Devontae Adams. Right now, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, and so I feel safer with taking Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, maybe even Calvin Ridley over him. Of course, but now with the Julio Jones stuff, um, plus the stuff coming out about Calvin Ridley, he's had foot surgery. I wonder if that maybe dings him a little bit. How do you see and DeAndre Hopkins, I think, should be in consideration within that tier. But how do you see that tier playing out? What do we need to do with Devontae Adams? And how does the Calvin Ridley stuff affect his slotting within that tier? Because I think he still belongs in that tier at the very top as far as those top five. I feel good about those top five. How do you see it breaking down? And most specifically, Devontae Adams, how how would you be treating him right now with the Aaron Rodgers stuff still up in the air? And Calvin Ridley, how much does the, does the reports of the, of the foot issue bother you? Well, I think Devontae Adams is going to be fine because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play this season as a Green Bay Packer. Um, I've thought that most of this was posturing the entire offseason, and at this point most mostly this it, this doesn't typically result in some kind of trade right on the eve of training camp or something. I get there could be some form of a holdout early that could kind of penalize Adams' owners, but I think if you bake in the idea that I'd say Rodgers, in my mind, is – notably more than a 50% to return. I think probably, you know, up in that you 75, 85, 90% range to return. 
And, um, you know, then the next question I'd ask myself, if, is, he, look, if he's, if he's 85 or 90% to return, I mean, he should be either wide receiver one or wide receiver two, I would think. Right. If we're, if we're going to be talking 85 to 90%, it's a pretty good shot. Right. It's a pretty good. Yeah. Shot. I think you got to figure out how many games maybe he'll sit out. I, I can't imagine it'll be that, that many because he wants to win. I mean, he's coming off the MVP. They got a good team that's in contention. I know he wants to get, one last payday, which is what I suspect most of this is about. But, uh, you know, it, 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 how many games can he really afford to sit out without kind of submarining his own aspirations? So I think the other question is, look, then now we're just talking about Devontae Adams strictly like, I mean, I know we're not entirely sure what to expect from Jordan Love yet. And I think you and I have a little bit different opinions on him potentially as just, you know, a, his prospect profile. But you know, I mean, we're still talking about Devontae Adams. I mean, is, is Devontae Adams with an unknown quarterback commodity? I mean, how much worse is that than 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 Calvin Ridley with a Matt Ryan? Like, you, Devontae Adams, we still might, he still might be pretty damn good even with another quarterback just because it's Devontae and he's kind of the centerpiece of that passing offense. And, you know, you would think they would pivot to the run a little bit more if a guy like Love comes in. But then there's the chance they could be playing from behind more with him at the helm, which ultimately could kind of, uh, you know, boomerang back around to Adam. So I think if you bake all that in, man, I, I can still make a pretty strong case for Devontae Adams as a top three, especially if we have some kind of – Calvin Ridley's the kind of player that you don't want that guy too banged up, man. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. When I heard about the foot thing, it, 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 really, it really did kind of worry me. So that's something that I will – Something I'll go through and remedy. I think we'll at least get – I'm on version one. I mean, shouldn't right we now. be getting Russell Gage late anyways? So it's like, you know, maybe maybe you take a crack at Adams here, you know, a pretty even distribution between Adams and Ridley, maybe according to ADP, and then at least you can make a save with Gage late if, you know. What about Hopkins? Gets nudged what, about, what about Hopkins versus Ridley? I, I mean, that's a toss-up to me. I mean, I think the safe thing is to go with Hopkins. You know he's sick and, and he's in a burgeoning offense with Kyler Murray. I mean, clearly clearly he was uh, at times missing in action last year, so I think you start to wonder about that. We're starting to get a little bit longer in the tooth with Hopkins. And then, I mean, you do factor in. I mean, they drafted Rondell Moore, who they brought in, what, A.J. Green. Um, they've still got Christian Kirk. I'm I'm – um, forgive me if there's somebody else I'm forgetting that they might have brought in on. I, I mentioned Rondale out of the tight oh, end sorry. position. I don't have it right up in front of me right now, but that's not oh, like that. I and mean, that wasn't Dan, a real, Dan, or what is it? They still have Max Williams. And it wasn't a real position of focus yeah. for them last year. I mean, it was Dan Arnold coming in down the stretch last year, but I don't think you worry about that. So, you know, I don't know. I guess the interesting question is what is AJ green due to this equation? I mean, he may just be a terrific decoy to open Hopkins up a lot more. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting what Arizona's done bringing in Watt and bringing in AJ Green because those feel like win now moves. Um, so I, you know what? I think they're going to be a good team and and that means that we should still like DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. So I will I will uh make that update here to the cheat sheet and we get that input in here to um run a simulation here in a second. One of the other things is uh Byron, there's this area of the, of the draft that you'll see in these simulations where it feels like we're trying to we're trying to get a little bit of Damian Harris, we're trying to get some Trey Sermon, some Michael Carter, and some Gus Edwards. 
um, in the same area where we're kind of pushing up uh, guys like Antonio Brown, who you're interested in, LaVisca Chenault, who we've continued to get a bunch of good news about out of Jaguars camp. Um, you know, there's been reporting that he's just looked so good. The report that came out today from Sports Illustrated saying that LaVisca Chenault, they're trying to work him as a true uh, as, as a true wide receiver and maybe not the um, maybe not the kind of chess piece weapon, the gadget weapon that we had always envisioned for him coming out. So uh, in, in that area, how do you, you know, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, how do you how do you view them? I mean, that's I think that the ADP basically falls in that order. Do you think that's fine, or should one of those guys get moved up to where we're getting them more often? Well, I mean, you know me. I'm a Gus Edwards guy, so I'll always make that case. I'm, hopefully his ADP hasn't been skyrocketing too much during has, the offseason. It hasn't. It hasn't. Well, that's that's good news. So I think we need to be very, very bullish on Gus Edwards as long as he's not becoming overpriced. His ADP hasn't been rising too rapidly. If it's still kind of in the same pocket that it's generally been in, most of the offseason, I'm surprised because to me, it sounds there's been a bit of hype around that at this point, but I guess it's just gotten lost in the mix. So, yeah, I, I still just love Gus Edwards. I think it's a, a great draft pick late. And then, you know, the only thing I might say about Trey Sermon is I'm still a little bit interested in maybe getting a little bit of Elijah Mitchell late. So, I don't know how you feel about that, but I wouldn't mind having a little bit of a mix between those two guys late rather than being all in on maybe Trey Sermon and no Elijah uh, Mitchell. Okay. Well, I'll make a note here about Elijah Mitchell in the, in the um, 1.3 that I'm working on right now that I'll be updating it to. So let's get to the question I asked you a little bit earlier. What about these guys with the 14th round picks? I, it, what I've been trying to do lately, speaking of Elijah's, I've been interested in getting Elijah Moore just with how good he's been looking at practice. You get from the New York Jets beat saying he looks like he's the best player on the offense already. Uh, I was under the impression that Jamison Crowder would surely be gone because they could what he would. I forgot how much it was in dead money in that contract, but it was it was enough to where they could they could they seriously could have gotten rid of him. But they have they've forced him to restructure. Um, and so now he's going to be with the team for the 2021 season. That just came out today. Does that worry you about Elijah Moore? And who are some of these other guys kind of down here at the bottom that you think might? I mean, I've thought you, you mentioned Russell Gage a little bit earlier. I've thought about him. I've seen the reporting out of Chicago about the uh, early deep connection between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. That's interesting to me. Paris Campbell, of course, is always interesting to me on the cheap. Amari Rogers is another guy who I've thought a lot about. I mean, there are a lot of these guys you can make a, a good a good case for, you know, even down to the um, – I'm on Ross St. Browns. Are there any of those guys that I mentioned that kind of stick out to you that should be getting pushed up the, the cheat sheet to where they're getting consideration in the 14th uh, round or any others that I might not have mentioned? Well, you know me. I'm still going to have some interest in Mike Williams here, Alex. And, you know, I get that we saw – that Keenan Allen truly was Justin Herbert's guy last year. And I, I get that we've, you know, probably need to read the writing on the wall with Mike Williams and recognize after this amount of time, kind of what he is in the NFL, which is, you know, kind of a, for fantasy purposes, basically been like a wide receiver three or a flex, you know, that said, you know, Justin Herbert 
being in the mix, I just think cha- potentially changes things because there could be a lot to go around in year two. And I still think he and he's competing. You know, the other guys are who Jared Cook and Trey McKitty and Donald Parham. And then was it Jalen Guyton? And uh, there was one other receiver last well, they, year. They drafted Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. I think it's pretty clear that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are far and away the lead pass catchers on this offense. And, and, you know, I think you look back to last year, Mike Williams production, you know, uh, not unusually for him was a bit spotty, but he had some monster breakouts. So we've been tantalized with some, some real upside we've seen uh, with Mike Williams in the NFL and specifically last year tied to Justin Herbert. And so I think you could make a calculation that he's clearly in the top two pass catchers for one of my favorite quarterbacks in the entire NFL And uh, there should be more to go around from Herbert this year and and possibly a bit of an increased chemistry between him and Williams, even though it was really all the Keenan Allen show last year. So, you know, is he more than a wide receiver three or flex? Maybe not, but I I can still buy on in on him being attached to Justin Herbert uh, with the upside that he's shown there. I like that you mentioned Mooney and Paris Campbell. Mooney's a guy I've, I've liked in like, all off season. I think he's super sneaky. Obviously it's going to be an interesting situation with the quarterback. And I think we've still got Allen Robinson there and, you know, Anthony Miller's still there. A guy, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens in training camp. Um, Amari Rogers. I don't think you can get too excited about until we know more about Aaron Rodgers. but if we feel start to feel good there, I think there's a lot of reason to love, uh, you know, or to at least be interested in Amari Rogers as a rookie, uh, I can make a case for John Brown. I mean, to me, he lives maybe up closer to the Nelson Aguilar type territory. I mean, I I mean, I know we're kind of seeing what's happening with rugs and Brian Edwards. I mean, by the way, either of them could be bounced back like sleeper candidates, especially kind of rugs in my mind, I think is an interesting guy that can probably be had for free, but it feels like John Brown's going to walk in as the veteran and possibly be probably be the lead wide receiver in that offense. And, you know, Derek Carr is ultimately, I know Gruden wants to run it, but Carr's pretty good at chucking the football around. So I think John Brown is definitely going to have some flex appeal. Um, And then maybe the only other guy that I see here that's really standing out to me, Alex, is, you know, I've seen some folks getting pretty high on Terrace Marshall here kind of uh, during the dead part of the season. And, you know, I get that he's got legitimate competition at the wide receiver position there, but I mean, there is a real chance he comes in and is like equally as talented as the other two starters. And he's the one guy with the big frame uh, that I think we can get a little bit more excited about as like a height speed weight specimen over there in Carolina. All right. So let's go over to the mock draft simulator and I'm going to, Use version uh, 1.3 of the PPR cheat sheet. You see, we it's the the draft wizard and fantasy pros is finally added in the pre-draft rankings from Yahoo, ESPN, NFL.com. The composite ADPs you can use from uh, Fantrax, RT Sports, FF Calculator, and the composite best ball ADPs. Also, the expert rankings over there. So you can draft against this stuff. We're going to do a PPR league, a snake draft of 12 teams, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex of wide receiver running back tight end this is a ppr draft is there a spot you want me to pick from byron i just i want you to see a sim and tell me what you think before we get out of here let's go from the nine spot 
All right, so from the nine hole. All right, so this is 1.3. This is test two after I made the switch at the top with uh, some of those guys in the Devontae Adams tier. And we'll see how the cheat goes. Always a always a trip doing this live in front of <laughs> in front of everybody. But the sheet's been good. I've, I've done hundreds of these simulations. It's it's been um, it's been okay. So let's just kind of, let's kind of see what we have well, the, here. The, the trick's usually on our opponents when we right. use the the cheat sheet, man. One point zero nine. So Zeke Elliott fell here. So maybe we should. It's just kind of like we were talking about earlier. Um, maybe we should kind of leave it how it was ADP wise if he's fallen to nine. We don't probably need to push him up to fifth or sixth on the list. Here we have a decision we have a or we did have a decision. I'm so used to there being a decision between Cam Akers and Calvin Ridley. We moved Calvin Ridley down on this sheet. So we'll just go ahead go ahead and go with Cam Akers. Here with the second round pick. We will have a decision here, I do believe, between Clyde Edwards Alaire and Amari Cooper. I don't really want to go with a um I don't really want to go go with, with Clyde. Clyde. Let's see what happens. If we go with Clyde, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna have a four running back start. You don't mind? We're, we're, we we will have a four running back start. I just love C.D. Lamb so much better than Amari Cooper. All right, let's see what happens. Oh, we're gonna have a four running back start here. We'll just we'll, we'll just know that we could have gone Amari Cooper in this draft if things go completely sideways. There's Lamb right there. Let's see if he falls to the next one. I don't. I do not think he'll fall to the fifth round, to the late fifth. But we'll see if he does. We'll take Miles Sanders here. With this pick, yeah, this thing's going to go a little bit weird, but hopefully the cheat sheet knows that we're going to be able to pick up wide receivers later. Uh, here we're going to take Travis Etienne, so five five running backs here to start. Thankfully, we'll get our first wide receiver. I like getting Cortland Sutton. I feel like he's probably set for a bounce back. Are we going to – and then, yeah, so the cheat sheet knew. We're going to get some wide receivers here. Uh, we get Tyler Boyd as our wide receiver, too. Certainly like that, especially it picks 7.09 in a PPR format. Makes some sense to me. We'll have a choice here between Javante Williams and Jarvis Landry. I think at this point we probably just want to go Jarvis. Got right? you. Okay. Yep. Um, here we have another choice between LaVisca Chenault and Gus Edwards. We've, we're pretty heavy on running backs, but you but do you just want to get your guy, Gus? No, uh, well, Visca's one of my guys too, man. I went to that Colorado Pro Day. Okay, so, let's, so, let's, so let's, let's swing it to LaVisca and we'll see if Gus can fall to us. If he doesn't, maybe Tony Pollard will fall. Gus is oh! fall. There we go. So we're going to get Gus. The sickness. Um, yeah, so this team is turning out to be sick. I'm glad I trusted the cheat sheet here. Aguilar. Uh, and, oh, I like these next couple picks on yeah. the IC up here. Aguilar and Logan Thomas have been moved to the same line, even though this is 99 and 102. But uh, I believe if you look at the sheet, there's three on this same line. So let's just go Logan Thomas. I, I love that pick. Okay, let's just go. What Logan an underrated Thomas. pick that is right now. Yeah. And, yeah, at the end of the 11th, that really is good. Nelson Aguilar. So the, so the cheat sheet knew we're going to be able to pick up some of these wide receivers that we really like here right at the very end. Um, and I knew the cheat sheet would know. Yeah. The one thing is, is that Trey Lance has been moved and, and Miko Hardman here at the very end. The oh, one thing is sakes. that Trey Lance has been moved up uh, as sort of a guy who you take as a backup quarterback. So that's going to be a little bit of a weakness here. It was like if I was using the cheat sheet to draft this team, I might just draft Baker Mayfield instead, in, instead, instead of Trey Lance, because generally you would have had a quarterback by now. And Trey Lance would be your quarterback, too. So you sort of upside stash. But so we could take him. That's what the cheat sheet says. And if we don't like him, we got guys like Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, all these other guys are going to be on the 
Take him, put him on the bench. Maybe he'll break out like Justin Herbert did midseason last yeah. year. So we'll just take him. And, and, and by the way, that was a league winner last yeah. year. So you look at that team, you feel real sick. So the, the quarterbacks, Trey Lance, like we said, we could have had, you know, Baker Mayfield, could have had Caution Wins, could have had some of these other guys. The running backs are Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, Gus Edwards. The wide, the uh, I'm sorry, those are the running backs. The wide receivers are Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jarvis Landry, LaVisca Chenault, Nelson Aguilar, Miko Hardman. The tight end is Logan Thomas. That's a well balanced team. All I did was use the cheat sheet. Version 1.3. Byron, what do you think? Is 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 the skeleton at least is the skeleton at least off to a at least off to a some some kind of start here? Total beatdown, man. I'm very encouraged. Good work, Alex. 